0: Hello, all of you beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong. And I got to start out with saying I am still so thrilled with the amount of support I've received and the amount of streams I've gotten is honestly way higher than I ever thought it was going to be through the first two episodes. So thank you all so much for that. But at the same time, I have to, you know, I got to scold you guys a little bit because the amount of new followers on my IG, my Instagram, Greg Tyler Comedy has been a little bit disappointing. And I go I get it. I don't post a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to see. But I got to get those followers up because the more followers I have, the higher my chances are of getting some sponsors, maybe a couple partners, and I would absolutely love to catch a little bit of moolah for my efforts. You know, not to say I'm over here working too hard, but, hey, nobody wants to work for free. So go follow me on Instagram or else I'm going to have to just start plugging my Venmo or my Cash app, and that feels a little bit gross and unfair to me because I'm not really willing to, you know, post any nudes or anything like that, and I'll feel like I'm ripping people off. So... Just go follow me, and then that way I don't have to keep begging you guys, and I'll feel so much better about that. Now, let's just get into it. I'm excited getting into my my weekly therapy session because again, you know that's expensive. Shout out to all you that are in therapy, go do it. But this is mine. So, without any further ado, my rose, bud, and thorn. And I'm not even gonna lie. this was a it was a pretty good week for me. it was a it was actually it was a it was kind of hard to come up with a thorn but uh you know i I did it for you guys, I did it. I got one so let's let's just dive into it starting with my rose this one uh this is very personal, but I mean well not really it's not that personal but I got a new cell phone, which is always exciting. It's a, I imagine it's like, uh, you know, having a new kid. You have one for two years, and then you get another one, a new one, and it's way more exciting than the old one. And that's where I'm at right now. And sorry to disappoint, but it is not an iPhone. So please stop asking me to FaceTime you, because I can't, I'll probably never be able to. I don't have anything against Apple or iPhone. I have a, a Mac computer. I love it. It's great for everything that I do. But for my phone, you know, I like to I like to switch it up, and it's kind of fun when people get upset at me for for having those green bubbles. But that's just one more thing that I think is unique about me. So, what now, all you iPhone users? You're not that cool. Just kidding. It doesn't really matter but uh it's a one plus eight pro i don't know if y'all are uh familiar with one plus eight or with one plus i guess is the brand i didn't know much about them but i had a friend he was swearing by it he's had one of their phones for like five years and he was telling me all about them trying to get me to buy them and i wasn't interested but then he told me the price and i was like i'm sold was only seven hundred dollars which is like five or six hundred dollars cheaper than a new iphone so i was like i'm on it and boy is she fast and it's extra exciting because the screen is super fast and boy is it tasty especially coming from like the gross cheap budget samsung galaxy i had so i feel like a new world has opened up for me and i'm just in heaven with this big old screen, like I can I feel like I'm watching a movie every time I watch a YouTube video, and I, you know I feel like i'm I'm finally coming in to the modern age. The battery lasts me all day, which is huge because um, I don't you know really want to talk to anyone. I just want to be on my phone. It's great when I'm on the bus, coming back from work, and uh, I just want to avoid some people and thank the Lord, my phone is still charged. Um, and unfortunately, you know, uh, I'm not a smart person, so I can't break down all the actual specs of the phone to you. But all I know is so far, I can't complain. So plug in that, uh, that OnePlus. Could I convince you to buy it? Absolutely not. Like I said, not not a smart person. If you want to hear me sound smart, stick around for that history segment. Because whoo am I about to drop some knowledge for y'all. But moving on my my bud of the week. my bud is being uh, this much closer to summer vacation. so the the Seattle weather, it's finally starting to warm up. It's been nice outside and it it feels like summer here today it was it was almost eighty degrees, which was a little hot, but hey, I'll take it and I know being excited for summer in april is a little bit of a cop-out but like i said last week you know i've been off from work i've been on spring break this entire week so it's really hard to look forward to something when you've just had a week off and like the only thing looming over me is going back to work so i'm going to be honest i'm not Super excited about that. And not to say I hate my job or anything, you know, it's fine, but time away from work is always better than time at work. And with this week being over, I'm one week closer to summer break, and I'm excited about that. My thorn. Now, this one, this was the real deal. I know I've kind of talked about having a difficult time picking my thorn, but this week, boy, oh boy, did I have one. I went to the doctor. I went to a primary care family physician for probably the first time in, like, over five years. So up until now, if I had, like, anything going on, I would just go into urgent care and essentially they would just make sure that like i wasn't gonna die so it didn't really resolve any like health issues they would just check me out and be like no yeah you're you're fine to walk out of here and that was it they would you know do some vitals and whatever and anything that was you know out of out of the uh the norm they would be like you know just uh this is something to look at talk to your doctor about it i was like oh boy like i don't have a doctor so for the first time in five years, I have a doctor. And sure, yeah, it was nice to find out I'm not dying. I'm a hypochondriac. Any ache or pain or anything, I'm like, this is the one. It's over. I'm dying. And the doctor confirmed that I'm not actually dying. So that was good. But it you know, wasn't actually, in fact, that harmless of an appointment. So these are my gripes. First of all, those doctor scales are one hundred percent a lie to trick you into losing weight. I hopped on that scale, and it—you know—it's digital because I don't know if I would even be able to read one of the—you know—the ones with the weights, like the gym ones. You know, I wish they would have had that because I wanted to look at it. But I was just staring that digital reading straight in my eyes. I looked at it, and I looked at her, and she wrote it down, and nothing else was said. And so. I believe it was a lie because I refuse to believe that the number that I saw was accurate. Am I in denial? Maybe. But that feels a whole lot easier than actually having to go to the gym and change my life. So I'm going to keep riding this wave until my uh, new doctor tells me that I have to change things. Second gripe. I found out that I have high blood pressure. And not like actually high blood pressure. Like, I officially don't have it to the point where they can, like, put it in my, my medical chart or whatever. But I was one point away from having whatever the medical definition is of high blood pressure. And it felt bad because my doctor told me I'm probably fine now, but that eventually I'll need to be medicated And something about a doctor foreshadowing treatment is actually worse than actually just having to be treated for something. So basically, she sent me home being like, "Yep, live it up now because we're going to have to treat that high blood pressure. And like I said, me, hypochondriac. So now for the next however long it takes for me to get that one point up, I'm just going to be sitting here stressing about my almost high, high blood pressure. So, a thorn. Definitely a thorn in my week. And it didn't didn't really help with my uh, anxiety around going to doctors. I had to get my blood drawn, too. Because, you know, they wanted to check my liver. Uh, I'm not going to say why, but I'm sure y'all can figure it out. But I had the blood work done. I'm sitting there. I had to tell the lady, like, right before she's about to stick me, I look at her and I'm like, hey, just so you know, uh, I do really poorly with needles, so if I pass out, make sure you know what to do. And she didn't really do anything to um, calm my anxiety. She was just like, oh, that would be a bummer. That's what she said. She's like, that would be a bummer. She was like, you should look at your phone or something. I was like, wow. Like, they don't pay you for your bedside manner. But uh, no, she was great. She drew my blood. I didn't even know it. I didn't pass out. So I'm a big boy now. And that was kind of, you know, it was a good way to good way to leave on. Good you know good good point to check out on. but uh, we'll see. We'll see when the, when the blood results come back. who knows? maybe maybe that's when uh, the real thorn will come in. So stay tuned next week because this thorn might be continued, but that's all for the rosebud and thorn. Thank you for this uh, cheap free therapy session, everyone. Now, to be completely honest, this day in history, it's It's pretty rough, and I picked the day, which was April 14th, before doing any of the research and boy, is it juicy? So just to foreshadow, uh, avoid any major events on the 14th. Don't go don't plan a wedding, uh, a graduation party or whatever I don't, I don't know people don't graduate in April, but either way, don't plan anything on April 14th because. Starting, first I have two. Two days, cause it's big, two big things. The first one, on April 14, 1865, Abraham Lincoln was shot in the head while at Ford Theater in Washington, D.C. Now, I didn't know the man personally, but I fully believe that he didn't even want to be at that theater. Cause he didn't, you know, he didn't strike me as a lover of the arts. And you know, it's eighteen sixty-five. The Civil War is just coming to an end. I don't think there was a lot of great live entertainment going on. And mind you, this was five days after the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse, which was really the last major battle of the Civil War. This was uh, the battle where Robert E. Lee actually surrendered to to the Union, effectively ending the Civil War. Again, this is five days after Lincoln's greatest achievement. Five days after he saved the union from potentially crumbling. And he has to go to the theater to see Our American Cousin, which is an English play. And I don't know about you guys, but as an American, I pray to God, I don't get shot while watching an English play. But maybe that's just me. Hey, to each their own. If you want to die to some Shakespeare, am I saying you're un-American? No. But am I judging you a little bit? Yeah. But back to Abe Lincoln. I'm sure he would have rather been at home sleeping for, like, the first time in three years. This man has been up all night, every night, for the last three years dealing with a civil war and he can finally sleep peacefully the war is over he won he did it but nope he's going to see our American cousin and so this guy John Wilkes Booth who was a confederate sympathizer he wasn't a he wasn't a part of the confederacy but you know he was he was palling around with them a little guilty by association and he sneaks into the president's box in the theater. And that really just shows you how different the times were back then. This guy was able to just walk up behind the president of the United States of America without being detected. Uh, well, no, he was probably for sure detected. There was no way he was just able to walk like, walk by everyone. There had to have been people. And he was just like, no, I'm just going to go say hi to the president. It's like, hey, we just won the war. I'm going to go say hi. You know, this man, Abraham Lincoln, just abolished slavery, which was pretty controversial. And apparently, there was no need for security. Like, where was the Secret Service? Well, let me tell you, they didn't even exist yet. The Secret Service was actually formed on July 5, 1865 so about three months after lincoln was shot in the head that's what it took you know at this point one of the greatest presidents of this young nation they're like no we don't we've never needed security then he gets shot in the head and then the the guy that took over andrew johnson was real quick to be like uh we should maybe set something up to make sure this doesn't happen again and i mean good thinking i guess you know three months too late in my opinion andrew johnson i don't know anything about andrew johnson who knows maybe he'll pop up on this day in history later on and we'll all learn about him but back to abe lincoln getting shot so he was shot in the head and booth just jumped down from the box into the crowd onto the stage whatever which is like a super dramatic thing to do. But this guy was all about the drama. And it makes sense because he was like a kind of well-known actor. And, you know, as an actor, he had to make it about himself. And this was 1865. So he couldn't just tweet out, hey, y'all, just shot the president. He had to go make his presence known and be like, huzzah! And run out. Uh, and obviously, uh, I mean, getting shot in the head. Not a lot of people recover from that. So Lincoln, he passed away the next morning. And John Wilkes Booth was tracked down two weeks later to a farm in Virginia, which is kind of incredible considering the times. Like now, if anything happens, I mean, there's a show about it, the first 48, like in 2021, if there's a murder and they don't catch him in the first 48 hours, they're like, mm. Could be anybody moving on to the next one. But, I mean, I guess it's it's the president. It's a little higher profile. I get it. But still, I'm impressed. Well done, law enforcement or whoever did it. But they found him two weeks later at a farm. And uh, he didn't want to be arrested, which makes a lot of sense. I can't imagine you're going to be treated super well after murdering the President of the United States. And so he dies in an old-timey shootout with Sergeant Boston Corbett. Corbett, I don't know. Pronunciation, not my thing. But the craziest thing about that is that Sergeant Boston, that's a great name, Sergeant Boston, uh, he was actually court-martialed. Because they were expected to take Booth alive. So this guy, basically, I mean, I like to believe he was a bounty hunter. He tracks this guy down, kills him, brings him in, and they're like, so you're going to jail for murder. But luckily, that didn't happen. Uh, because, I mean, that would have been horribly unfair. So he, he never went to jail. He was eventually declared a hero. And then, you know, life moved on. Because that's what happened. But Honest Abe was, was still the man. And it is a, it's a little low-key disrespectful to just slap the man on the penny like that after that. He's like, oh, this guy did so much for a country. Let's put him on our least valuable form of currency. Come on now. Link, throw that at George Bush or Trump or somebody to just have that little petty reminder. You know, somebody that will really bother. But, uh... What do I know? That would be interesting. I wonder if we'll ever change our money. Let me know, people, what I can do to get on some currency. Do I have to be a president? Clearly not. Ben Franklin out here flexing on the hundo without ever being president. So let that be known, kids. There's hope. Don't strive to be the president. Strive to get on the $100 bill because that would be cool. Anyways, moving on to April 14th. Uh, you know, a couple a couple decades down the road, uh, 1912, the uh, Titanic hits an iceberg. That's right, people. Your favorite president got shot, and the Titanic hits an iceberg. And there isn't much that I can tell you about the sinking of the Titanic that you don't already know. But, hey, I like the shock effect. I'm talking about the Titanic going down. So here we go. Now, the Titanic, it was wild because it was carrying such a wide variety of people. This was something I didn't know beforehand. There were some very, very rich passengers and some really, really broke ones. So the ship was split into three classes, you know, pretty much the same way any flight is today. So there was the third class which was the lowest and the fares from from London, Southampton was about the equivalent of $700 today and then the cheapest first class ticket was $2,300 in today's currency roughly and that sounds like a whole lot to me but it gets even deeper folks the most expensive First class suites that were available on the unsinkable Titanic were around roughly $87,000. That's more money. That's, yeah, that's more money than I make in a year. I'll say it, I don't care. That's crazy. Imagine paying almost 90 grand to uh, sink in the North Atlantic. You know, I would rather pay $3,000 for a Carnival Cruise and sink in the Caribbean and wash up on Jamaica and just be chillin' than to sink in the freezing North Atlantic. Come on, now for $87,000? That's insane. The best comparison that I can think of for this is, you know, me being in third class with the broke boys. But, I mean, if you've seen the movie, third class looked incredible. They were down there living it up, partying. So, me in third class, and then first class would be, like, the owner of Macy's spending the $87,000. And is Macy's a weird reference? For sure. But I picked it very intentionally, because the owner of Macy's actually died with his wife on the Titanic. So... You know, you paid 87000 dollars to die next to somebody who paid seven hundred. Remember that, everyone. It's not always about the money. Another fun fact about the wealth around the Titanic is that the ship was actually owned by J.P. Morgan. That's right, the same people behind Chase Banks. So you want to talk about generational wealth? Not like, you know, they owned the Titanic and now they own all of our credit card debt. So, the Titanic sinking, you would have thought maybe would have changed some classism. Not at all, folks. JP Morgan did just fine. Moving along. So, it was at about almost midnight when the Titanic hit the iceberg and... The Titanic had received multiple warnings about sea ice. I think it was, I want to say six, correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it was six, and they actually ignored all of them. They were trucking ahead. They were going at almost full speed, which was only like 25 miles per hour, whatever that is in knots, I don't know, but 25 miles per hour. And the lookouts, of course, spotted the iceberg, and they they did everything they could to miss it, but uh, they, they didn't. They hit that bad boy, they scraped right along the side of the boat, and ripped a bunch of holes into it, and that bad boy was flooded. Flooding quick. Faster than they could pump it out. And communication back then was obviously pretty limited, so rescue efforts were next to impossible also in the distress calls they made they put their location like 14 miles away from where they actually were so even if anybody did show up on time they would have been in the completely wrong area so the Titanic goes down in roughly two hours um, not enough lifeboats because at the time Lifeboats were primarily used to ferry people from a distressed vessel onto a rescue vessel. But of course, there were no rescue vessels, so there was nowhere to ferry the people. So there just wasn't enough room in the lifeboats, you know? There there wasn't there was no room at the inn to make a biblical reference because I haven't made one yet, and y'all know that I have that biblical background. (laughs) But anyways, um, there's not too much to say about the actual sinking, except that a whole lot of people died, went down with the ship. Very few. I think it was less than half of the people were actually rescued. And if you went in the water, like I said, the frigid Atlantic, people don't even want to swim off like the coast of New England. Now imagine being in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Like you are just you're not going to do well. So most of the people died But something that I thought was interesting That I had never heard about Was uh, what was happening with the recovery process Because With a tragedy this large The, the ownership Has to, to take some responsibility And I mean go out and recover bodies I mean there's 1500 bodies Just lost at sea I mean, you can't just leave everyone out there But uh, that's, that's Kind of exactly what they did Unfortunately so several ships were uh, sent from Canada for the recovery process and they went out with, with everything that was necessary to handle taking care of bodies. There was you know, things to, to handle the embalming process, the transporting process, and to bring them back to the U.S. Because at the time, it was actually illegal to transport bodies that weren't embalmed. And, I mean, that makes sense. You don't want a lot of just, like, decomposing bodies on a boat. Like, that would suck. But um, these boats were hugely unprepared. I don't understand how. Like, if the boat sank and they knew how many people were on there and they were like, oh, there's 1,500 people that didn't make it to New York, like, where did you think the other 1,500 people would be? Like, they're, they're floating in the ocean. They're, they're near where it sank. So there was not nearly enough embalming um, embalming fluid. I don't know. That's the only term I know for that. But they didn't have the necessary supplies. So they get to the wreckage, and there was way too many bodies to transport. So the captain makes the decision to prioritize the first-class passengers And the reasoning behind this was to prioritize the first-class passengers to settle any possible disputes around wills. Because the first-class people, like I said, real rich, up to almost $90,000 to ride. And so they wanted to make sure, like, I mean, they didn't want Macy's to be willed to Joe Schmo. So they needed those bodies to confirm and they were picking out first class passengers and just leaving the poor people so remember that next time you're going on a major trip that it could be dangerous to be traveling if you're not rich enough because identifying your corpse might not be as important so after reading about this i think i'm going to take a little break from any big travel plans just to make sure i get my money up So uh, that maybe my corpse will be worth identifying. But there was some good that came out of it. It did lead to uh, some changes in protocol around sea travel. Large ships were actually required to carry enough lifeboats for everyone that's on board. Like crazy that it took an unsinkable ship sinking to be like we should have an actual uh survival and rescue plan for everyone on board so some good did come out of that another fun fact the titanic was one of three sister ships the other one was actually called the britannic i believe and that bad boy also sank so the company behind the Titanic and the Britannic weren't doing super good. I can't imagine stock prices were soaring. Um, the Britannic was, you know, they can get a pass. They sank during a during a rescue mission during World War One. They they hit a mine, and there was a, there was actually some changes to that ship based on the the Titanic ship sinking to uh, reinforce the hull and make it stronger. But, you know, uh, a sea mine is a a different beast than an iceberg. So they weren't ready for that. So two of the three ships went down, and I don't love those numbers. I don't know about y'all, but that's um, a company I don't know if I'm wanting to travel with. But, hey, good thing we have planes now, which I'm assuming crash... Way less than boats sank during World War I. And with this brief history lesson on the horrors of April 14, that concludes my my little history lesson. And that brings us to the correct me if I'm wrong segment, the namesake of this podcast. And unfortunately, I regret to inform you for the third week in a row, I I couldn't make it happen. I feel bad because I was so close this week. I was so close. I had a guest lined up. I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it. We were gonna we were gonna have some fun. But literally 10 minutes before recording this, things fell through, and here we are. But hey, a little anticipation. Never heard anyone. You'll thank me for it later. Delayed gratification, people. That's some psychology 101 for you. So keep checking back. And I promise it's going to happen. I'm not just making it up. It. I want to say next week, but I don't want to be a liar. But soon. I promise soon. Anyways, uh, make sure to check out wavypack.com if you've got any free time. Because as always, there are fresh articles up there about everything. Um, whatever you're into with essentially anything pop culture you're going to be able to find something to read pass the time uh, at work you know you'll look like you're still working reading these articles your boss will never know we've got playlists we've got everything you need so go check us out and show us some support but until next time everyone it has been a pleasure and I'll catch you on the next episode of correct me if I'm wrong peace